Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our uh, Wednesday meeting. It is August 31st. The season has gotten underway around the country. Many people have gotten to, you know, gotten to work, including myself. I've worked a, worked a couple games. I've actually already worked two. Uh, and I guess you include scrimmages and whatnot. I know in Illinois they started this week. I know they're going to be starting uh, out east where Mike Billick is here pretty soon as well. So we're, we're rolling now. We're rolling into the season, and I'm, I'm glad that you're taking some time on a Wednesday night to spend with us to try to get better because that's what we're here to do. We're here to, we're here to get better. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate goal. So I want to run through the meeting here real quick. What we're going to do, we, we do this all the time in regards to what you can expect tonight. So here's the meeting agenda. We're going to go through some announcements. We're going to actually review the play of the week from last week here first at the beginning because it was interesting on the results. So we're going to go to that. Then we're going to uh, have our special enforcements presentation tonight talking about penalty enforcement, but the special enforcements. We'll go to film time. We always talk film here when we get a chance. And then we'll have the play of the week for this week. And hopefully it'll be a, be a good one. Maybe people will do a little bit better. So our announcements. Kind of the same announcements, website issues. We're still working through the websites. So we appreciate uh, the patience. It was up, it was down, it was up, it was down. So we're, it's more all, all only the courses work. This all, this stuff works. All the videos are there. You can still go and see all of our videos. It's not a problem. Just some of the core stuff where we're having some, uh, some technical issues. I guess I had some big floods in Pakistan or something like that. So we're working through that. So stick with us, no problems. Uh, remember our new time for the Wednesday meetings at 7.30. You're here, so you know that. On-demand football clinic and courses. They're there. The free introductory to uh, football clinic course. Right now it's not there, but it'll be there soon. And we're extending the free version through the holiday weekend. So come, come the uh, Tuesday after Labor Day, this will be a $20 course. We made it free for the entire summer. So if you've got anybody out there who's interested, have them go to our site. You know, and if it's not there, it will be there. So just just stick with us on that. You'll see an email on that soon. Remember, it's extended through September 5th. Bill Lamagne's best practices. That's always there as a subscriber. You just go to the Bill Lamagne page. All of the videos are there for you to see. So that's a cool thing. Call on the field stance. That's what we're calling it this this year. Remember, send us your videos. We actually did have one of our subscribers send us in the video a video that we're going to go over tonight. So I appreciate him doing that. Remember to send us your videos so we can break them down. Social media reminder, there you go. We're on all those platforms, okay? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So our play of the week was a roughing, the, a roughing the passer play. Before we get to the play of the week, uh, I'm going to tell you how you can get a hold of us. So I'm going to throw up, throw up our text line, and this is the, this is the best way if you've got questions or comments you want to you want to text us in fact the person who is manning the the text line is with us right now and so Robert Ybarra there is Robert you see Robert Robert how are you doing today I'm doing great I'm ready for members to text in have this nice engaging type meeting and I'm excited for tonight Tim thank you for inviting me well I'm excited as well We're always excited to do this, this is always a, a, a lot of fun. So I also want to bring in Mike Billica. Mike is with us as well. Mike, thanks for taking some time to be with us tonight. Oh, 
it's my pleasure. I was looking forward to it all week. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you were looking forward to it. I always am too. This is always fun. So, and also, our uh, last but not least, Bill Lamagne is with us. Bill, how are you doing today? How, you know, you're getting ready to. You're getting ready to go on the road, aren't you? Yeah, take off uh, Friday morning, head over to Columbus, Ohio, and uh, see if the Irish can play football with uh, the Buckeyes. Well, there you go. Should be a should be a fun one. So, we're gonna we'll uh, we'll run around the panel here as soon as we can in regards to what you know the, the stuff that we want to talk about, obviously. So we're looking forward to that. So let's go back to our our. Um, play of the week here so here was the play so that everybody can be reminded of it it was a roughing the passer play so it was fourth and 12 at the b34 team a down by one quarterback throws a completed pass and downed at the b24 with two minutes remaining in the half team b is flagged for roughing the passer so that was and then we asked what's the ruling with the game clock and the play clock so here was the results of our Twitter poll. So I'm going to put those up there real quick and we'll go so you can see them. This was actually the results of the poll. So first and 10, B12, game clock snap, play clock 40, 27%. First and 10, B12, game clock uh, ready for play. Um, and then play clock is 40. First and 10, B12, game clock ready for play, play clock. 25. That seemed to be the winner, but not by a lot. First and 10, B19, game, game clock uh, ready for play, and the play clock 25. So those were our, our results. So what I want to do is I want to walk through this play on our board and talk a little bit about exactly why it is. And then I've got, we're gonna, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to the, uh, I'll come back to the PowerPoint here once we're done walking it through because I've got some points to make in regards to that. So here is the play. So we've got it up, we've got it up on the board. Let's go wide on the board. So if we walk through it, see, I wanted, I wanted you to see it visually as well. So here it is. You can see up at the top, it's fourth down. So it's fourth and 12. We got to get here. We're short of the line of gain on the pass. Okay. So that's important. We're short of the line of gain. We're, we're now thinking, all right, but we have a penalty. So if this was, if we remove the penalty on this play, the penalty doesn't happen. This is fourth down, so we're gonna we're gonna stop we're gonna stop the clock. Okay, so we're stopping the clock on the ch on the change of downs, and so that's what would happen on this play, and then we turn it over downs. But what what actually ends up happening is because we have a special enforcement. We're going to go first down here. We're going to walk it off, and then we're going to uh, we're going to then have to after we assess the penalty, it will be an automatic first down from our enforcement, our special enforcement. Like I said, we're going to go over. Now it's funny because if you go back to the results of this, I was like, okay, so what are we going to have on this? And I'm like, well, we've got a new rule this year. Well, let me go, you know, I'm going to go back to the PowerPoint and then we're going to talk, we're going to go, we're going to go back to this play because I want to walk through our new rule in regards to how this, this plays out. So here's the interesting thing is that sometimes it's nice when you have a chance to walk through certain things. So that way, you know, huh, when you have a special enforcement and 
what things can happen with those enforcements that as a crew sometimes we can get it right and sometimes we can get them wrong and you have to go okay well wait a minute that's why we're out there as a crew to do this so our special enforcements 10 10 5 well let me yeah. so i'm sorry i want to do the pay, play clock first so here's the play clock so we've got a new rule this year that says the play clock is a 25 second play clock with the exception of 357b which is a first down and 357e 357i and 35710 if related to a defensive player so what are those i'm going to go wide on this so everybody can read this what are those they are player needing equipment after a foul to administer the penalty or a player injury now originally you know you, if you go back to the if you go back to the uh, results of the poll it showed that the one with the play clock being at 25 so first down now the, the first aspect of this is the game clock because the game clock is not going to start or it's going to start on the ready it's they do not get an option here because the rule says under two minutes so if they're under two minutes then they get the option of if the offended team has the option of keeping the clock stopped remember they can never start it it's only keeping it stopped if it was supposed to start if the clock was stopping for for another reason like going out of bounds or an incomplete pass they can't say we want to run it it's only when on this play because the ball was in bounds it would have been the, the clock would have started um, after the play if you know after the enforcement of the penalty because he was in bounds even though it was fourth down we were stopping the clock for fourth down the result of the play is a first down so that's why the clock would we, we would start the clock on the ready for this one not uh on the snap because of the choices that or, or because of the not being under two minutes so that's key number one to this play now the second part of this goes into the play clock. What do we do with the play clock? Well, some people thought it was 25 and some people thought it was 40. Well, with this new rule saying we have to admit if we stop the clock to administer the foul, then the play clock is 40 because it's against the defense. But even just going through this myself right now, I have to ask, this is where sometimes rules can kind of go, you know, intertwined. And you've got to like peel back the layers and decide well why was the clock stopped why do we stop the clock if we stop the clock for fourth down only does this does it would this rule apply would this exception apply and the thing is is that when you think about it in high school if you take away the penalty you take away the the roughing the passer now you're going to have the clock stop, change of possession, change over uh, on downs, and that is a 25-second play clock, okay? But we're administering a penalty that results in a first down that was offended by the defense. So I believe on this play that we want to go with a 40-second play clock because we're really even though we're stopping it for the fourth down in the end we're actually administering a penalty now it could be the other way i mean i i always going into about 10 minutes ago i would have said that the play clock would had to be 40 because of this new rule but now i'm questioning myself because the game clock stopped 
for the change or for the for the fourth down. That's why we stopped the clock. The penalty is part of that, but it was the original reason we stopped the clock was for fourth down. So that was a fun one. That was, I even made it a little bit more complicated than I wanted to make it because there's a lot of layers here. And you know what? I'm not 100% sure because this is a new rule. With this being a new rule, I would have to think about it and I would have to maybe bring it up the chain a little bit because I was thinking initially that this is a 40-second play clock based off of the new rule. So, Robert, you know, these are new rules and stuff. And in the end, new rules can sometimes trip us up for you know for lack of a of a better term and how they want you know to be enforced because this rule is written the way it's written with those three exceptions on the play clock and the thing is is the play clock and the game clock they're they're together but they're separate you know we do certain things with the play clock we do certain things with the game clock and this reference this exception actually references an official's timeout and it says if it's an official's timeout, except for injury, except for first down, and then I'm talking about the exceptions for the 40-second play clock, like I just, you know, going back to that slide, it's a 25-second clock with the exception of a first down, the exception of a player needing equipment, a foul to administer a penalty, or a player injury. We kind of get into that gray area a little bit in regards to why were we stopping the clock? And I'm not trying to confuse people, but this is one that is important to break down. From how you understand the rule, and then I'll go to Mike, and then I'll, 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 I'll go to Bill. What would be your thoughts on this? I'm just following the rule, Tim. We have a foul by the defense, right? So if we have a foul by the defense and uh, Team A still retains possession of the ball, we're going to a 40-second play clock. So is there a question with that? Because that's the answer. Well, I don't disagree. There's Mike. We'll go to Mike here in a second. I don't disagree. I want to go with a 40-second play cut, but I also want to make sure from the accept, because going back to the, I'm going to pull up the, the PowerPoint here real quick, just so, because here are your exceptions, okay? So your exceptions are right there. In fact, I'll go wide on that. So this is where the, you have a 25-second clock with the exception of um, a first down, Okay, that's one of them. Player needing equipment after a foul to minister a penalty or player injury when it's the defense. So, but why did, why did those rules, the 357 is an official's timeout. So we did the official's timeout initially for the fourth down. So it's just, a, it, it's not, it wasn't, because if you take away the penalty, you take away the penalty, the clock stops anyway. We're stopping the clock, an official's timeout for a change of downs. But, but I'm with you. So let me. But let me. Go, I want to pull in Mike here real quick. Mike, if we have a if we have a defensive penalty, then we have a 40 second play clock coming out of that. There should be no the confusion. Clock was stopped? No, if the clock was stopped, if you have we're talking about we're talking about a play clock. The play clock when we come out of a defensive penalty, we're coming out with the 40 second play clock. Right, but it's it's re it's referencing. It's funny because the rule references an official's timeout. It references yeah. an official's timeout. That's all it references. It doesn't say anything about, it says you stop the clock to administer a foul. So we're, we're as a, an official's timeout to, to administer the foul. It's just, it's, a, it's an important point. So I'm gonna get back to you, Robert. I wanna pull 
I want to pull Mike in here real quick because I see I see Mike. So Mike, from how you the, this new rule, how do you understand it? Well, I think if you if we try to parse the you know officials' timeout, that isn't a three five seven reason because it was fourth down. I don't think that's really the reason we have an officials' timeout in this case. I think we're being presumptuous about what's going to happen after fourth down. I mean, we all know that we're going to stop the clock after fourth down because there's no reason it wouldn't be stopped at the end of fourth down. But there's really all kinds of reasons the clock stops and we have a timeout after fourth down. It could be because of a foul. It could be because of a score. It could be because of a change of possession. You know, but in this case, we're stopping the clock after fourth down because of a penalty flag because of a foul to enforce a penalty. That's the reason for the stop. And also, I think the spirit of the rule is the defense should not be able to advantage by forcing the offense to have a 25-second play clock when the offense is in the lead and trying to run out the clock. So I, I think in, for more than one reason here, I think it's a 40-second play clock uh, if a foul is by the defense. And you know what? I'm with you. I, that's what I originally have. I, that's what's my answer, that we have to have a 40-second play clock because we have a foul on the defense and we're administering a foul. But I am going to tell all our viewers out there, and then I, get, I just want to get Bill's opinion because I, I am going to tell our viewers out there, I'm, we're going to get clarification on this one because I want to get clarification on the reason why we're stopping the clock and, and because it's kind of a contradiction a little bit i agree with mike i agree with robert the spirit of the rule says that we want to go this route but in the end is that the route we're going to go is that really is it only when the clock was stopped for the reason of the penalty the penalty is the only reason we stop the clock then that would be that would make sense but if the clock stopped for another reason Maybe it, it doesn't make sense. So we're going to get clarification on that. Bill, you hear all these high school rules stuff. I don't think you're going to have to talk about this on your game uh, this week. But uh, it's interesting that college doesn't have – I mean, they've got the 10-second runoff. But I was thinking about this the other day, that, that if you had a, a t- with 39 seconds left in, in the game, fourth down, and the defense were to, were to jump in, and now, okay, you go to 10-second runoff – but, you know, 39 to, to, to 29, they still have to run a play. I'm surprised that, that, that college doesn't have something like this. Yeah, it's different. But, but think of it this way, too, that let's say that on that fourth down play, he made the line the game and there was roughing the passer. Well, it's, it's A's ball, whether it's from the first down or whether it's from the, the uh, roughing the passer. And let's take roughing the passer out of it. If on the fourth down it's a completed pass inbounds and it's a new first down, it'd be a 40-second clock. So I think the high school is just trying not to put Team A at a disadvantage. If they want to use 40 seconds up to do the next snap, they're getting it. If they want to go quickly, having a 40-second clock means absolutely nothing. They're going to go before the 25 would expire if if, if they're in a rush to get, get a score. So I, I think this rule is just simply there to give Team A the clock advantage they deserve. So I don't see a problem. No, I, and that's, that's what the whole purpose of the rule is, obviously, is, is, is to prevent 
or to, to not have that. And then this place specifically because team A is down, you're right. They're probably just going to run up and it's not going to matter. But it's good to know from our mechanics of going, of going through this. So, Robert, uh, I, I see you. What are the text uh, people saying? What are, what, what are we getting out there in viewer land? Yeah, it's, it's some, some members are, are somewhat confused with it. But re remember this, members, because this is, this is a very important element as well. This is when only the defense fouls as well. I mean, that, that's an important element because if the offense had committed a foul and the defense committed a foul and you have offsetting fouls, you know, then, then we're not going to 40. But in this particular play case, we have only the defense committing a foul. Now, like Bill had articulately said very well, that since the defense fouled, the offense should still have the opportunity to run a play with a 40-second play clock had the foul not occurred. So that creates a very unfair advantage for the offense by enabling them to have the full 40, but if they're behind and they want to get up to the line and run a play, they're not even going to use five seconds. So it, that's a mute point, but they have the opportunity to leverage the full 40 uh, based on the rule the way it's written. No, and you're right, you're right in that regard that, like I said, this play, they're probably going to run up and it doesn't matter, but they do. we still have to give them that opportunity if that's the case. And so, like I said, I'm going to, I'll get some more clarification on this specifically in regards to, um, because it is a new rule, and I have some resources available to make sure that we're going to give you the, the, the correct stuff. But I, I would agree with, with everybody right now is that if this were to happen next week, go with 40 seconds. Cause they, well, in this, it's not going to matter. But in this one, because they're going to they're gonna run up and run the play. But if the defense fouls, you know, I would go with the with the forty seconds if you're if you're stopping stopping the clock for that reason to administer the penalty. So we'll get back to that. Stay tuned next week. We'll have some more information on that. But that's why I want to spend a little bit of time on that play because I knew that it was it could be confusing. So, but I but my second part of talking tonight is about special enforcements, and I do want to talk about those because we did get a lot of people who would who are unfortunately not getting the enforcements right in regards to just the general special enforcements that we have in high school football. So real quick, some special enforcements. When we have a free kick out of bounds is untouched by R, that's a special enforcement. We have our three options for that one. We've got whether the kicking team, I'm sorry, whether the receiving team wants to take the result of the play plus five yards, have the kicking team go back and kick in five yards and re-kick, or 25 yards in the previous spot. That's a special enforcement, okay? So go over these, because um, these are the ones that are weird that sometimes we screw up. The other one is kick-catching interference, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that tonight, but kick-catching interference has a special enforcement. What, what can we do with kick-catching interference? Before we go to unfair acts, remember, kick-catching interference, you've got, it happens during a loose ball play. So loose ball play, since we go back to the previous spot, but wait a minute. Special enforcement for kick catching interference. We put we can give them an awarded fair catch at the spot of the foul. Special enforcement different. It contradicts our normal penalty enforcement. So that's why these special enforcements are important. Unfair acts. We went over that a few weeks ago. Unfair acts. Any special enforcement can work depending on what's going on sometimes. But that's in the book. Fouls during or after a scoring play. So um, Bill. A reference to earlier in our pre-meeting about uh, some penalty enforcement at a game he saw when there was a score and followed by a UNS and during the, the scoring play there was a foul remember when we have fouls during a scoring play the team that was 
offended against, if they scored, they have options. They can sometimes go, they can go to the try, they can go to the kickoff. You know, it depends on when the, the fouls occur, but if they occur during the touchdown, Team A is running in for a touchdown, and, and Team B, you know, did something illegal, and they were flagged for it, Team A has options. Now, it could also happen on the reverse. You throw an interception. Team B is running towards the goal line, and there's something happens with Team A's. They do something crazy. You have options. Team B is the one who scored. They were fouled upon. There are options. And so, so you want to check those out as well because they're important in regards to penalty enforcement. And then roughing the passer, snapper, kicker, or holder. We talked a little bit about that, automatic first down. So the only, anything with roughing in it in high school, that's automatic first down. Nothing else has an automatic first down in high school. So don't get tricked into that. And roughing the passer has the additional caveat that if there's no change of possession, you can then add on the penalty at the end of the related runs. It doesn't have to be the first one. At whatever, the end, basically at the end of the play, you can add it on if there was not a change of possession. Even though it's a loose ball play, it's a special enforcement. So one other thing is, is fouls by K. Fouls by K during the kick. They added this rule in a couple years ago where if K fouls, R now has the option of having a penalty enforced at the end of the play. They can keep the ball and have the penalty enforced as long as there wasn't a change of possession, a lot of things. So special enforcements, I would recommend you check those out. Those are really good pregame items because they're the ones we screw up. They're the ones I see screwed up the most because, they, because they're special. They're exceptions to our normal penalty enforcement. So we're going to go to the film, but before we do that, I would like to bring Robert back in real quick and see if uh if there's any uh questions or robert anything out there that before we get to the film that we should uh should cover now you know i i think you had uh, explained a lot and there may have been some confusion by the members but let's let's make it clear to the members since we're not under two minutes since we're not under two minutes then the offended team may not choose to have the game clock start on the snap. It has to be under two minutes. It has to be under two minutes before an offended team may choose to have the game clock start on the snap if otherwise it wouldn't. So if, if, if everyone understands that, then that will address all the questions related to the game clock. Well, right, That's what, that, that was kind of the trick in that question a little bit. I mean, there's a couple of tricks, but the two minutes, it, it's, it's important to know it's under two minutes. I thought it was very clear. It's got to be under two minutes. So I think sometimes, Robert, we've seen this one screwed up a lot where people want to start the clock. They always want to, they always want to, they always want to start it. They always want to start it. Like it, even it, they, they think it's like one or the other. Well, it's not. It's only the ones, it's only the specific case if the clock, and this goes at any penalty, by the way, if the clock was going to run, meaning it was not stopped. So like an incomplete pass, the clock is stopping. You know, if you have a change of possession, the clock is stopping. So it's only for something where the clock was, was going to run and the team that was not offended, meaning the team that was, was gonna be put at a disadvantage because of the foul, they can say, no, 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 time out. We, well, literally, time out. We want the clock to stay stopped. We don't want it to run. 
That's the only option. I think, Robert, you know, we get a lot of guys who think, oh, well, we can run this now the other way around. No, 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 no. It's only saying, I've been offended. I'm going to be put at a disadvantage. I want that clock to stay stopped. And I don't need to accept the penalty this year for that either. I just right. want that clock to stay stopped because I was offended against and I don't want to lose that disadvantage. Is that pretty clear, do you think? Yeah, that's very clear. And just to reinforce, this is new this year. The offended team does not need to accept the penalty. That's very important. The offended team may choose to have the clock start on the snap if we're under two minutes, despite accepting or declining the penalty. And a great case study would be if it's third and eight and they stuff them at the line of scrimmage. Last year, they would have had to accept the penalty if we we're at a buck 50 on the clock in order for that clock not to restart. Right. But this year they can say decline it. I don't I don't I don't want to accept that penalty. Put it a fourth down. And 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 I still don't want that game clock to start until the snap. OK, coach, we're with you. That's new this year. It is new. So that's a good point on that. All right. So we're going to move. We're going to move on to our film here tonight. So here's our first play. I'm going to pull down the text line. Here's our first play. And this is related to what we were talking about earlier. You can see it's a kickoff. So here we go. Here's the kickoff, and it's a short pooch kickoff. And there looks to be maybe a fair catch called. So here we go again. Let's watch this. Here's your fair catch called. And then we've got a lot of action with the kicking team possibly touching the ball before the ball was was before the receiver had a chance while the ball was still in the air on a kicking play, on a free kick. So, in the end, I will say this, that the, uh, I'm not sure exactly sure what foul was called, but I, I, I want to I talk about this because this goes to what, our, what we were just talking about in regards to knowing the type of play and knowing those special enforcements. So, this play specifically, it's kick-catching interference. And why is it kick-catching interference? Because the kicking team in a free kick is restricted from touching the ball in flight or from interfering with the receiver's opportunity to make a play or a catch on the ball. So not only is it possible that number one was violated going back to the play, it's possible that the kicking team has now touched the, a free kick while it was airborne prior to it being touched by the defense or prior to it being grounded. And second, it looks like they interfered with that number, that, that fair catch opportunity by the lineman who was a pretty smart. And I want you to watch him. Let's just play. Look what happens that. Just watch him. He's like looking. He's, he, that guy needs to be an official. Robert, I don't know if you saw that, but that guy he needs to be an official. He was going, he was giving the interference signal. Did you see that? That was great. Because he, he knew. 52 is one smart player. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I agree. He knew exactly what was going on. So, so, okay. So now that is, we have to have that enforcement. So let's go back to the play so we can walk through. We're going to pretend that we actually had a flag on this play. Um, all right, right here. So if you see, you walk it through. Where does the foul occur? 
So the fair catch. Now, here's another important point. It doesn't matter if the player signals fair catch or not. They are still afforded an unmolested opportunity to make an attempt on this ball, even though it's a free kick. So the fact that he signaled fair catch actually doesn't even matter. It, it does come into play, though, maybe down the line, but it doesn't matter because he still should be given that unmolested opportunity. He is protected from that secondary contact after making, he's giving himself up to make the play on the ball. So, so just know that, that it, this would still be a foul regardless of whether he signaled or not. So now we've got the foul and it occurs, looks like, I'm going to call it the 40, 40, I don't know, 47. We'll say it's a 47. So now we have to ask ourselves, how do we walk through this? What are, what are our options? So if we've got the foul at the 47, and we know that right here, so here it is, I'm going to draw it, the 47, we can, we actually do have two options on this. And you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pull in, uh, I'm going to pull in Mike on this one because I'm sure, you know, Mike, you you probably know uh, on on these types of play what our what our two options are because in the end um, we 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 do have the awarded fair catch as an option. That's definitely an option, but they can they can go back and 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 have them redo it because it's a loose ball play. So it's a loose right. ball play. But the special enforcement, now I've never seen it, I don't know why they would, but, you know, but it's, it's still an option, probably want to keep it out and just go right to the awarded fair catch. But th this is important because when it's a short play like that, an awarded fair catch, that has some implications. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And we've hardly ever seen it. I think Stan might have showed us a play one time where it happened, but they can free kick for, for a score after an awarded fair catch, even after the 15-yard penalty. And what's also interesting is if we have a dead ball foul by the defense, say the defense encroaches, um, we move it five yards more, they still have the option to try a scoring free kick. So um, we definitely want to know that rule, even though it may never happen. No, that's true, because <laughs> you go back to this. If we go back and you look at the 47 and you go this way, you know, that could get, that could get it in a field goal kicker's range, especially – you know, if it's something, if you've got a, additional, you know, multiple penalties that you're going to call on this one, which I'm not saying that you should, but I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Bill on this because I think this would be a good one to, to bring in for Bill. Bill, when we've got a play like this in regards to you've got this kick catching interference, but you've got the fair catch. Now this play, the, the, the players didn't really like label the guy. But could you have two fouls on this? At, at, could you have, I mean, could you have a foul for, for the, um, for the kick catching interference, and then, you know, with with another you know, like maybe a personal foul or something like that? I mean, it, it's possible, but I guess they'd both be live ball fouls, so it wouldn't matter. You just need to get the interference on this one. Would you agree? Yeah, just just lump them if it's the same basically it's the same act whether he hits him or not it's the same act and foul so just just do the 15 yards and move on with life no i would but, i would agree yeah how do you key you thing know on there is that you and you hit it on the head you don't have to talk to a coach about this he there's absolutely no way he's going to have him try another onside kick on me again you know if i can get the ball on an onside kick i'm always going to take it 
Bill, you're going to like this one. Now, I mentioned earlier about the our, our call on the field stands, best practices this year. Bill, this was the first kickoff of the first game of the season. <laughs> the oh, yeah. opening kickoff. And we talked about this, if you remember, on our video about being ready for this. And there you go. And it happened. And unfortunately, I'm not, you know, trying to bag on these guys, but it doesn't look like the crew was maybe ready for this because you don't expect it, right? Oh, no. You know, and that's a lot of times we say a lot of things and then, you know, we'll go out in the field and it's in one ear and out the other. We get complacent and we're not we're not tuned into it. So, you know, how many times do we say treat, you know, treat every kick like an onside kick? Yet it surprises us when it happens. Yep, that's about it. We get surprised and then it, then it, it, it pops up on us. So before I go to Robert, just to be very clear, this is kick catching interference. Doesn't matter if the ball or it doesn't matter if the player signaled or not. The kicking team on a free kick is restricted from touching the ball in flight until it gets grounded and then they'll they have options to go or they have the ability to go and recover, but not until it's grounded. And they still, regardless of a signal or not, they still have to give the opportunity of the receiving team player to catch the ball regardless of whether they signaled or not robert any uh questions or comments on this yeah there, there were there were actually there's some officials that were actually at the game who are commenting on this so but just for the viewers there's there's two points i want to make here just for clarity and and, and we're all agreeing that the 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 um fair catch or receiver was at the 47 and we're going to penalize for kick catching interference we're going to mark 15 yards from that spot so we're going to go 15 yards from the 47 which will put it at the 38 going in correct and when you're at the 38 going in that team may choose right to put that ball anywhere between the two hashes they could be on the right hash they could be on the left hash they could be in the center right and they can snap it or they can choose to have a free kick right just for clarity just so that you know that and like yep, mike, mike just said mike was like pretty mike clear said, on that. yeah <laughs> right if if you have another situation where there's another you know the ensuing attempt to have a, a new play we have a foul by the defense that same option is still given to the offense meaning they could enforce the penalty and then still have that option of a free kick so good we're we're, we're, we're great on that well and that's uh, it's it's really good that you brought you just made clarity before we move on that free kick or an awarded fair catch is exactly that awarded fair catch so all of the fair catch stuff applies any fair catch you know thing that applies it applies to this and like you exactly like you pointed out you could have that penalty and end up having to having that free kick like you know Mike was talking about earlier that I think maybe Stan showed us one or something like that. But yeah, we'll wait years ago. But you're right. So so it's good. All right. Any other clarification on that before we, we I think we're pretty clear that, that this should have most likely been fair this should have been fair kick or kick catching interference and should have been enforced that way. That's right. And even if, if a crew comes together and, and you and you talk about it and it, it takes a little time, as we all know, get it right. 
there should be one of five minimum that knows the rules. So make sure make sure you, you're confident and in, in, in speak up and, and get this penalty enforcement correct. That, that was number, point number one. Point number two is this, about being surprised, and especially back judges out there in the world here. Back judges, when you hand, before you hand the ball to the kicker, before you hand the ball, ask them what they're going to do. That 17-year-old is going to tell us what they're going to do. You're going to kick deep? Yeah. Okay, great. Wait for the White Hat's whistle. He's down there at the goal line. Wait for that whistle. Uh, if they tell you anything other than that, understand what they're doing. No, we're, we're, we're squib kicking. We're onside kicking, right? And then if they, if they say anything like that, we're, we're onside kicking. Great. Left or right? Right. Excellent. Thank you. Or we're going to pooch kick it. Pooch, are you going off the tee or are you going to have it hit the ground first? Right off the tee. Great. Thank you. Don't be surprised at a back judge. A back judge at minimum should never be surprised on what's coming out of a free kick. And then you have your way of communicating with your crew outside of using the radios of what's coming ahead. And I think those are best practices we can all leverage with. Well, and, and that is good as a back judge to communicate. But I will say there are times there are little sneaky guys. I won't tell you. And then it happens. And Bill and I discussed this in the best practices video. And we've said it many times here on every single kickoff, regardless of whether the, ba whether the back judge gets in inside info or not, expect an onside kick. Because when it happens, you're ready for it. First kickoff of the season, last kickoff of the season. And that way, if something like this does happen, take your time, walk through it, and come up with the right judgment. I mean, before we move on real quick, Robert, we've seen this play screwed up on state championship games where you know, a good friend of ours had to come in and, and throw a flag like five, you know, almost seemed like five minutes. It was probably only a minute later, just you know, saying, hey, this is what happened. We, you know, he was the umpire, came in all the way from across the field. They talked it out, and then they got, exactly, they got the call right. So <laughs> this is one where we take our time. And hopefully we end up getting it right because this is a this is kind of a biggie in this situation. Would you agree? Absolutely, and it makes you feel good. Get get the first play correct. Make sure your shoelaces are tied. Make sure you went to the bathroom and get ready to officiate. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're gonna move on to our next play now. Our next play was sent in by a viewer. Appreciate this. So I want everyone to concentrate. We're, the end zone view is the only one that really shows it. It doesn't really show it on the side, but. This is a kickoff again, and we're going to look at some mechanics. So we've got an official here. You're going to see an official over here. The ball is going to be caught and run down this direction. So I want everybody to focus in on that. And uh, once again, this was sent in, so we're not trying to embarrass anybody. We do want to talk about these mechanics. And, I, I mean, I used to have a clip. I, I couldn't find it of, of, of something similar that happened to me. So, all right, as you can see, he starts to run out, and now... You don't see our official over here in the screen yet, but you do see our official right here. And so we'll let this we'll let this play out. And you'll see, unfortunately, because of how he ends up getting taken out. And the question was, is how can this be handled better? Like how from a mechanic standpoint. So I did want to go through it and discuss that because we we do have some ways to where we can do this better and I think sometimes and, and I actually pre-gamed this 
on the crew that I was working with this last week about looking at the film from the week prior and talking about spacing on kickoffs. Because what ends up happening, going back to the play, we put ourselves in positions that we don't normally work. And what I mean by that is this is this official up here now is now the deep official. In a seven-person game, maybe the side judge or the field judge or something like that. So that's in this game though, he is either the headlines or the line judge, depending on what half or what however they do it. Not used to working that deep mechanic. So spacing is the key here. Having as much space as you can. So if we, you know, you look at the video now. You see he's kind of flat-footed. So, you know, like right there, the spacing is good. Look at this spacing. This is exactly what we want to see. And now we're like, what are we looking at as officials? Well, this official, you know, he's going to be kind of like second-level blocking. This official is going to be going to the point of attack blocking. And hopefully we got some, you know, help from across the top as well and maybe from behind. So now we know what we're looking at. Now, as this goes, like right now, this official should probably, what would they be looking at? This block right here? Maybe. I think we're going to get help. We're going to get help from here. We might even get help from a referee, depending on what side. If the referee's on the other side, then no. But he's, that official might be looking at that block. Right now, there is no other second level blocking after that block. This is all green. So if I'm that official, I'm getting ready to keep my spacing because I know that if he turns the corner right now, I want to start moving this direction. I don't want to be flat-footed anymore. And the reason is is that I also I want to keep my spacing. I want to keep my spacing with my what we will call our short wing, could be our umpire or whoever at this point. I want to keep that spacing. But I also can see that where where is going to be my point of attack at this point? Well, no, it looks like a lot of nothing. So as he turns a corner, now you're like, you're stuck. You don't want to be here. You want to be here. Because, and you also want to, and I mean, I like where he is on the white. You know, you can move a little bit back. The players seem to be good. But you don't want to be, you know, right now you're not, you're just going to be like, if this comes at me, I'm just going to be in self-preservation mode. So if you're over here, kind of drifting this way, keeping, you know, a back pedal, keeping that eye on the runner, you're going to put yourself in a better position for when now, right now, when it comes at you. Because now, if you would have moved, you're going to be standing here, and your short wing is going to be coming up here to mark progress, and you can put yourself in a cleanup position instead of, unfortunately, getting taken out. Now, the, the official was okay. I was told by the, by the crew that this official was okay, and he worked. But that's how... We, we want to work a play like this. We, don't, we want to try to move this direction in that scenario. Because we also have goal line responsibility, or we, we could, depending on what is, is happening. So, I kind of like I said, I wanted to run through that real quick because that was sent in. Before we move on from that, I want, to, I, want to bring, I want to bring Mike back in for a second. So, Mike, we're not used to... We put ourselves in different positioning on kickoffs like this. What is a what are some you know keys or or things that you uh, suggestions that you can give on when we're now not in a normal position to keep spacing so we don't have anything like this happen? 
Well, I mean, kickoffs just don't happen very often, and that's that's the problem. You know, especially at the beginning of the season, we may not have seen a kickoff at all in preseason. You may not have seen it in any scrimmages. A lot of teams don't even run kickoff, like certainly not live kickoff with return on scrimmages. But we just have to tell ourselves in our head, hey, we've got goal line on the return. So I tell my newer officials especially, and the veterans should know this, that you only need to go downfield maybe five yards. You really don't need to go any further down. You've got downfield officials to handle the beginning of the return. Um, but you can keep that, you know, triangle or cone or vision, whatever you want to call it, from pretty close to where you originally started because, like you said, you've got to be ready to keep a cushion. And that's what, that's the word that I use on a kickoff return. you got to have a cushion on that return. And that goes for the back judge who might be in the middle of the field. That goes for both wing officials that are on the kicking and receiving line on in a five-man crew. It's just it's a tough play because the kickoff is the one play where we have to see the largest field area um, at any point during the game. We have to we have to cover it, and that's why a five-man crew. There's so many gaps. No, you're right. There are, and it's just what it's just unfortunate. Like what what we have to deal with. So, Bill, uh, going, going to you here, Bill, we've talked about it before, you know, on a play like that, we never want to see, like, two officials, you know, one marking while the other one's behind. It's like we want to try to kind of keep that, those angles and, and look more like, I guess, we're working a, a six on, on this instead of a, you know, instead of a um, with five. And I think sometimes we can run into those issues. What are some suggestions you might have? in regards to when we find, you know, Mike's talked a little bit about, but when we find ourselves in those situations that we don't normally do. You know, that's, that's a good point. And sometimes when we see mechanic changes and things, you wonder why they, they put some of the officials where they do on, on kickoffs. But that said, um, it's something that, the, obviously this official's footwork, I mean, he got locked in, he was standing kind of cockeyed on an angle uh, he, he he needs to work a little bit on it, you know, get the jump rope out and jump some rope, do some do some other exercises uh, for footwork to give you a, a chance to get out of there. Um, he he locked himself in pretty good, so you know uh, keep that gap. Be ready to backpedal. Be ready to keep the play. And while you're backpedaling, you're really keeping the play in front of you, um, and then let the play turn you. Uh, but again, I liked it. Like you said, his depth on the sideline was excellent. Yeah, he was a yard or two out of bounds. Uh, it's a good place to work on these fields. The kids are faster than they used to be. So, but that's for safety. And he's, I'm glad to say he was okay, but he got wiped pretty good. And it was pretty much his lack of movement. Well, and sometimes we can put ourselves in the right position and still end up getting run over. And I had a very similar play a couple years ago where I was keeping the cushion and it just, the players got on me just as fast as they did and I still end up getting taken out. And so we can sometimes put ourselves in a really good position and still unfortunately have, uh, have a little bit of uh, a run-in with, with, our, with our fellow uh, football players. Robert, well, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Mechanics aren't perfect. You know, mechanics aren't perfect on any level uh, from crew of five to crew of eight. Uh, but, it, at, you know, at the same time, um, uh, we just got to do the best we can with it and, uh, and 
try and avoid those situations. Absolutely. So, Robert, do we have any uh, questions, comments, or uh, clarification on anything? No clarifications. Everyone's enjoying all, everyone's uh, comments, though. Excellent job. Great advice. Uh, there were the members seem to be taking away some good best practices. So, uh, no, that was a good video to review. All right. So I'm glad we were able to review that that video. And we'll go to our, our next video here. We got a little bit more time. Maybe this will be our, our last video of the night. So let's go to it real quick. We're going to go wide. I'm going to pull the text number down. All right. So we've got a play here. You can see it's it's second down and three. All right. Second down and three. So here we go. We've got this run. And then we've got a helmet that comes flying off. I don't know if you saw that. You probably can. You can see a helmet. It comes flying off here. Right here is where our, our this is where our running back is going into the line. We've got a helmet. And there you can probably see there was actually this player right here that pulls the helmet off. I'll throw it back here. I'll roll it nice and slow. You can see, all right, now the helmet comes off. So we have a flag by the umpire. So now we have to ask ourselves on a play like this, this kind of goes back into what we were talking about before. We've got a foul on the defense. So a foul on the defense, where, how are we going to walk this one off? Hmm, let's, let's, go, let's, let's go take a look. So if it was second down, right, so it was second down, you can see we're second down and three. Where's the end of the run? Remember, this is still a running play. Where's the end of the run? And the run ends. The run ends about the 28. So it actually ends up being a yard loss. But because of the foul, we're going to have to walk off, and it's a 15-yarder, we're going to have to walk off half the distance here and this is one of those where the 40-second play clock comes into play now. Because why did we stop the foul? Or why did we stop the clock? We stopped the clock for penalty administration. So we're going to use the 40-second play clock on this one when we're done. So this is one of those. But here's the other key point why I wanted to show this one that I think sometimes, hopefully, we don't forget. And I will, uh, I'm going to pull Mike in on this one uh, for the last, not to put Mike on a spot or anything like that, but Mike, Tell me on a play like this, when you've got the helmet that, that comes off on this play, does the runner get to stay in the game? Does the runner get to stay in the game now? His helmet came off, right? And since his helmet came off, we should have a 25-second clock because the offense's helmet come off. How does that work? Yeah, so, yeah, if it's not due to a foul, then um, a helmet foul particularly um, that caused a helmet to come off, he does have to leave for one play. Um, we're not buying him back in at this level, so he's just he's just out for the next play. Except with the face mask pulling the helmet off. If, so, if we have a foul causing the helmet to come off, yes. Right, um, so this play. To me. I, missed, I missed it that we had a flag on the play. No, that's fine. No, So on this play, yeah, on this play, since the helmet – came off during the during the actual event the event is what caused the helmet the foul is what caused the helmet to come off then yeah we're going on this one we're going to go 15 yards or half the distance 
the helmet is like we're just going to pretend the helmet didn't even come off, really, because it was caused by the foul. So we're not going to say, well, we're going to go to a 25-second play clock because the helmet came off. No, we're saying the penalty is why the, the clock was being stopped because the helmet came off because of the penalty. So we're going to go with a 40-second play clock on this one. And the defense gets, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the offensive player gets to stay in the game and, and run again and hopefully not have this happen, uh, you know, because that was a pretty violent thing. But Yeah, it, it's important that we also understand that we need to kill the play immediately because it's the runner whose helmet came off. Nope, you're absolutely correct. We do, Robert. Um, yeah, because it's a runner, we kill it because once the once the runner loses his helmet, it's uh, it's dead regardless. So, Robert, any questions or comments on this? No, no, it was uh, clearly uh, communicated in force. That's right. The runner may retain in the game because of the defensive penalty. The game clock stops immediately because uh, the, the runner's helmet came off. We'll come out of that with the. Uh, 40-second play clock because we had a penalty against the defense. And, of course, again, the runner gets to remain in the game. So, no, I, I love it. Well said. All right, so that's important that we know. I wanted uh, to share that with you because I think sometimes we forget. You just start getting excited. I got a helmet off. I got a helmet off. I got a helmet off. Well, yeah, we got a helmet off, but it was off for, for a reason, not because it just fell off. So we get the player gets to stay in, player gets to stay in the game. All right, so now it's time. Oh, excuse me. So now it's time for our play of the week for this week. Um, last week was fun, so we're going to go again, go ahead this week as well. Go wide on it so you can see it. So here it is. Fourth and 16 at the A45. Punter gets the snap and kicks. As he moves to participate in the play during the kick, he is illegally blindside blocked by an R player at the A43. R muffs the kick at the R13, and the ball rolls into the end zone. So what is your ruling with the game clock and the play clock? And guess what? We'll talk about this one next week. It'll also be on Twitter as well. This poll will be on Twitter as well. So I want to thank everybody who uh, joined us tonight. Appreciate you, like I said, taking the time to learn a little bit more about football. So like I said, I really appreciate everybody being here. I'm gonna start things off with Mike. Mike, thanks for being here. Any uh, last words of wisdom before uh, we call it a night? Hey, you know, guys, get a good night's sleep before your games. Um, stay fit, do your conditioning um, because uh, the season's so gonna be, it's still gonna be hot this time of year. So uh, we gotta make it through all four quarters. So that's great advice. Mr. Bill Amagne, any last advice uh, or any, any comments or anything uh, moving forward before we uh, call it a night here? Hey, enjoy the moment. It might be week two, maybe week three for most of you, but um, it's going to go by in a heartbeat. All this anticipation, all this training, take the, take the time to step back from the game, look around, and really enjoy what you're doing. I think that's great advice because if you're not having fun, why are we doing this, right? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. All right, Robert, I know there's got to be any last-minute questions, comments, or anything we need to clarify before we call it a night, and do you have anything to add? Yeah, no more questions. I think everything was clarified, so well done. And like Bill said, it does fly by. Are you kidding me? It's, uh, it's amazing how now we're 
in Illinois, anyhow, we're entering in week two, but geez, it just goes by like you wouldn't believe. So have fun, have a great game, make it be there, love your flag. That's right. Make it be there. Because that's, if, you, if they're big, get them. Make them be big. Make them be big. So for our staff, for everybody who joined us tonight, taking some time, you're watching this on the on-demand recorded version, whatever, we appreciate you taking the time to do it, to make yourself a better official. That's what we're here to do. We're here to make our, all of ourselves better, and we want to learn here instead of having to learn on Friday nights or Saturdays, whenever you might do. So for Tim, or for the rest of the staff, I'm Tim Kiefer, MyBeatTownLine.com. We will catch you next week back here at 7.30 p.m. Central for some more football talk. Until then, have a great week, everyone.